Psalms to God, Season 1, Episode 39, Fruit of the Spirit, Self-Control. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com slash self-control. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5-8 through 8, CSB Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. I am here with a good friend of mine. This is a going to be a great episode because she's also a podcaster. So I have Fo from Girl Talk with Fo with me. She is a financial guru. She has already published two books. I will link both of them in the show notes. I'm sure we'll talk about both of them, but one is called They That Wait and the other one is called uh, Dump Debt and Build Bank. And so I called her here to talk to me about self-control. Hey, Fo. Hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm so glad you could join me. Y'all, me and Fo go way back to freshman way orientation. Back. <laughs> <laughs> way back. Are we that old? Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, I, when I, when I first started the Fruit of the Spirit series, and I was like, self-control i was like i know that this episode i've got to call foe because i okay i don't know if you're gonna remember this but i remember when we were in college and i think we were at walmart it was one of those random walmart trips and we were looking at things and you looked at something and you were like "Ooh," and you were like no i can't buy it because i said "ooh" first and i learned that (laughs) rule from you You remember that that was my rule yeah so if i if i started a sentence with "ooh," that means it was not something that i needed it was just something that i was excited about in that moment and i did not need to buy it yes that yes. was my my rule that i came up with in college yes i still use that rule sometimes that's funny <laughs> i was like okay i feel like money is the place where we absolutely lose self-control the most so I was like, let me call Fo because she's done amazing things with money and with finance. So I know she knows about self-control. I try to know a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so my first question for you is um, what, I guess, when you think about self-control and how, what do you think about? Like, how do you leverage that in your platform? Hmm. So obviously when I think about self-control, I think about the fruit of the spirit. And so we want to be able to exemplify that 
in all that we do. So whether that's finances, whether that's um, being abstinent, or whether mm-hmm. that's what we eat, um, it's something that we need to exemplify in everything that we do. And so um, when it comes to personal finance, I feel like people lack self-control um, for two reasons. Um, one, because we have this sense of entitlement mm-hmm. that we think we deserve uh, a lot of things um, or we work hard. And so therefore we can spend our money recklessly. Um, but I, to that, I say, you know, at the end of the day, nothing that we have belongs to us. We're just stewards of what we have. So we yes. cannot spend our money recklessly because it's not our money. And then the second reason I think that people tend to lack self-control when it comes to money is because um, they're trying to make up for things maybe that they didn't have in their childhood. And so now that they may have come upon money or access to money, they go out and they spend money on things that they can't necessarily afford, but they want to experience those things that they couldn't in childhood. So I think those are the two reasons that people lack self-control when it comes to personal finance. But I think when it comes to self-control in general, Usually, this is not always the case, if you can be controlled in one area of your life, it can translate to other areas. So if I actually saw a post on Instagram today where someone said, like, if you can control your diet, you can control your money. And in, in some ways, that's true. Like if you can find a way to be disciplined in one area of your life and you see the the results of being disciplined there, you can translate that to other areas of your life as well, including your finances. Absolutely agree with that. I feel like when I went vegetarian, I also saw so much more control over my temper. Like it, like because I'm thinking about what I need to eat, and I've like streamlined. Okay, plan this out, plan that out. Now it's not such a big leap to plan out what you're gonna say, plan out how you're gonna react, and so I, I definitely agree that that translates. I also spent some time thinking about like, what are the common things we have self-control issues with? And so the top five that that I wrote down were money, temper, lust, addictions, and controlling our own thoughts. Um, And I, like from my perception, I feel like the thoughts part is the foundation. If you can control your thoughts, then you can control your lust, you can control your temper, you can control your money. Um, maybe your addictions that might get a little more into like your physical physiology or whatever. Right. Um, but in your experience, did you have any that you would add to that list or any other ones that you would point out? Okay. So I don't know if food would go under addictions possibly, but food, like our diet is, um, often hard to control and, I think that may cover them all because your thoughts carry over to everything. They do. They do. I, I have to check my thoughts often. <laughs> you and <me> both. <laughs> and, you know, that brought me to um, one of my other questions. So I wrote down, why is it so hard for us to control ourselves? There's the general aspect, but also the monetary sense. It's interesting because literally in life, we are the only thing we have autonomy over. Like, I I mean, I can ask for a certain paycheck. Um, I can ask for a raise, but I can't control whether I actually get it. And I can't control 
how other people respond or what they do. I really only have control over myself. But self-control is something that we really struggle with, which seems counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's because it's not that, you know, it's because we have autonomy over ourselves. But I think a part of it is we are influenced by outside things as well. So, um, I mean, you have, you're influenced by how you were brought up. Mm-hmm. You're, influenced, you're influenced by the environment that you're in, um, the people that you associate with, um, the situations that you put yourself in. So uh, it's not that we, you know, oh, you have full autonomy, you should be able to turn it on and turn it off. I think it's those influences that we have that then play into your mind that makes the decisions of whether you are going to have control or not. Because I can say, I'm not going to eat this donut until I'm in a room full of donuts, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then there goes that whole self-control because I'm being influenced by my environment. Now you will hope that I would have greater power over those things, those um, things around me. But I think there's a scripture, it's Proverbs where it talks about, I'm paraphrasing completely, um, but basically how the the negative people will influence you before you influence them. Um, yes. Bad company corrupts good character. So it's about it's the influences. Whether you have all good intentions or not, what you surround yourself with, with will determine if you're able to maintain that level of self-discipline. That's definitely, definitely true. Um, I looked up some examples in the Bible. This one was the hardest one. So literally for all of the other fruits of the Spirit... If you just type in the word, like if you just type in faith, if you just type in hope or love or joy, you will find like countless verses. Um, But if you type in self-control or temperance, depending on which translation you have, there are only three verses that come up. Um, One is in Acts and it's Paul preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. One is in Galatians where it's listing out the fruit of the spirit. And um, one is in Second Peter, where it basically is telling you that it's a necessary part of life. And it's mm-hmm. um, listing a bunch of things. And so I was like, oh, man, what? Wait, what am I about to base this off of? Um, but I started kind of just like digging in, trying to see if I could find like actual examples. And uh, what came to my mind was Joseph when he was enslaved. Um, and his master's wife was trying to seduce him and he like Mm -hmm. literally like fled. Um, I thought that was a pretty decent example of self-control. And then, uh, Jesus, like basically his whole life, but particularly when he was being led to the cross, I mean, he's Jesus. He could have, you know, gotten himself out of that situation at any point. Um, but he was surrendering to God's will and allowing a lot of things to happen and so obviously I think both of these are hopefully extremes in our day-to-day life hopefully we're not enslaved or uh, being led to a cross to die but um, I was wondering like what kinds of influences and examples have you seen in your life and of course we know that since you're a financial guru you've seen a lot with with finances, but you also talked about some in they that wait with abstinence and things like Mm -hmm. that. So, um, what, I guess, what experiences would you say you've had and what advice would you give to listeners? 
So I think when it comes to self-control, it has to be paired with temptation. So you said you only saw it three times in the Bible. I think it's not necessarily um, plainly written as self-control, but it is temptation. So Mm -hmm. Jesus being tempted in the wilderness, Joseph being tempted in the palace, um, Jesus, uh, like you said, um, on the way to the cross, um, Father, take this cup away from me. So I think it's only displayed in that manner in parallel to temptation. Mm Mm-hmm. David and Bathsheba. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Samson and Delilah. Like, these are all temptations. And in some cases, you see that there was self-control. In others, you you see that there is a lack of self-control and then the result of that. So, um, where have I seen instances of temptation or opportunity for lack of control? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Okay. Um, So, obviously, finances is a, a big one. Um... And especially in marriage, like there's <laughs> there's always an opportunity where um, you would obviously breach trust, but you could um, be tempted to spend outside the budget or, you know, not use self-control when it comes to spending there. Um, but you mentioned the book, Day That Wait. Some of the things that I talked about was like um, knowing your triggers when it comes to um, being abstinent. Um, and the temptations that come with the environments that you're in, the music that you listen to, the people that you hang around, the things that you watch on TV, your ear gates, your eye gates, and that type of thing. So those are all opportunities where you can lack self-control because temptation is present. And so in any situation, whether it's the case of uh, finances or anything else, you have to know what those triggers are and remove yourself from those tempting environments. So I hope that answered your question. (laughs) No, it did. It did. I, yeah, I've definitely, with triggers, I definitely feel like um, that's one of those things that over time, like you have, it requires a level of, I guess, mindfulness because it's easy to miss. Mm -hmm. It's easy to not notice like, oh man, every time I watch, you know, like rom-coms, I get really upset or really like depressed because I'm single Mm -hmm. and then I start thinking about things I don't need to be thinking about or whatever or you know when I listen to this type of music um and you know one of the things I realized that also goes beyond abstinence so for me um this is really sad to admit but I'm gonna admit it so I started listening to gospel because it helps me drive so when I used to drive back and forth from home to college, if I listened to like classical music, I would fall asleep. But if I listened to like rap and like hip hop, I would speed because I would just be getting crunk and I would just be like flooring it. So I started listening to gospel because it had this nice little like me- medium <laughs> like thing in there yeah. so that I could like stay awake but not speed. And I think that was <laughs> that was one of the first times I like paid attention to how like these external things were affecting me personally. Right. And it it takes a while because it can be, I mean, it could be the food you eat, for all you know that that triggers certain ideas. Um, I know I struggled when I lived in Boca. Um, For those who don't know, Boca is like a ritzy area down here in South Florida. And when I first moved there, people would stare at me because I drove a Honda. And literally, 
like in my apartment complex, the cheapest car was like a Maserati. And <laughs> yeah, they were looking at me like, what is this mysterious Honda that you are driving? And I felt so bad because I was like, oh man, I've been out of school for you know a long, long time. And I'm still driving this little Honda. And you know, I wanted to go out and buy something new and flashy. And um, I can't afford new and flashy. I am trying to pay off a student loan. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would have to like constantly remind myself, like, don't look at it, don't look at it. And it, like, it was crazy because it's, in some cases, hard to avoid. Like, you know, you're driving down the road and you, you just see things. Um, but it took me, I guess it took focus for me to like put on those blinders and to recognize that as a trigger. Right. So there goes the environment that you're in that could cause you like you, you literally and some people do it. You literally could have been like, OK, well, in order for me to fit into this environment, I need to go spend money that I don't necessarily have. So then you go in more debt and put yourself in a worse financial situation. Whereas you caught it. A lot of people don't catch it. A lot of people will say, well, I'm just going to go on that vacation or I'm just going to buy that new car. Or I'm just mm-hmm. going to, you know, live in this big house that I can't afford. So it has a lot to do with the external triggers that we have or external environment that we're in that, that causes us to trip up when it comes to having self-control. Definitely. And I I wanted to go back to, um, you said something about entitlement. Mm-hmm. And I know you do a lot of workshops and you talk to a lot of people. And I'm wondering um, how much you've seen of this where it's actually... Um, something that is instilled in people, particularly from their family, that, so I've met a lot of people who've gone to school and now that they've graduated, it's like, oh, you're an engineer or you're a doctor or you're a lawyer, you're supposed to have X, Y, Z. And then there's these pressures that are put on them from the outside, but particularly from mom, dad, you know, siblings, things like that, that they should be going out and buying a house or buying a fancy car or you know whatever or even you know for people like me that are getting old and unmarried those pressures of like oh you're supposed to be married old (laughs) 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 but you know like do you see that a lot as well of people getting pressured that way so ironically a lot of times when i do in-person workshops it's older folks um, and that sounds so bad, but it's like the older generation. <laughs> yeah. So it's a different mindset. The, the, where I hear that the most, which is sad because we hear this all the time, is like millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I went to college, you know, I deserve, you know, this car, I work hard. I deserve this. I'm like, bruh, you, you still owe Sally Mae, like pay, <laughs> pay your loans off. And then we can talk about how do you build up to buy this thing that you quote unquote deserve. Thankfully now like, you know, a lot of times when people get married, the big thing is, oh, buy a house and, oh, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So thankfully, we didn't have that pressure from our family. Maybe it's because, like, I'm very opinionated and I would just <laughs> probably, like, mind your business, first of all. But um, we thankfully didn't have that pressure. But I, did, I see it a lot of times with millennials. And I don't know if it's necessarily their family pressuring them as much as it's them having been, t- like, taught this or sold this 
idea that once you go to college, get a good job, then you buy a house and then you get this nice car or whatever. So I don't know if it's as much as it's other people pressuring them as it is them thinking, well, I've worked hard. I went to college, like they said, you know, I got this degree and now I deserve to have this nice house and this nice car. And so um, that's where I see it the most at within millennials, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I would also wager with millennials. It's probably also coming from social media. That too. That is a huge influence is what you see, your ear gaze, your eye gaze. Now, and let me tell you, Half the stuff on social media is fake. <laughs> You're right. 75% maybe. Maybe even 90% maybe even of it is fake. <laughs> maybe even 90% of it is fake. So, like, that's the problem that we have. Comparison is the comparison is a trap. It's a thief of all joy. But it's also one of those triggers that will make you spend money that you don't have. It is. And I think, I know, from so for me, because I've stayed in grad school forever, while we're on the tip, while we're on the topic of money, though, if you go to grad school, don't take out a loan. I'm just, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> a program that pays for you to be there. But when I was in grad school, I didn't have. I purposely did not take out a loan for that reason. I was like, okay, I'm gonna just live off whatever I make, and what I made was not a lot, so I was struggling hard, and like I would look online and like all these people I went to school with they were like you know they're buying a new car they're buying a new house they're doing all these things and you're like what am I doing what am I doing with my life and the only thing that I would say I regret during that time is I didn't start paying off my student loan because I didn't have the money I mean I guess I could have gotten a roommate here we go again self-control I didn't have the patience (laughs) um both of us have had some bad roommate stories. So <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. I'm just going to suffer the consequences. So I'm paying off my student loan now. And like, y'all, literally, my student loan doubled. So I was in grad school for seven years. And so between the time that I graduated from undergrad to now, my student loan payment has actually doubled. Um, what I should have been paying. So yeah, pay it off as soon as you can. Um, But I realized that one of the biggest steps, I think, to reclaiming your self-control may be taking a hiatus from social media. So the interesting thing is what what really, I, I wouldn't say the catalyst for me getting out of debt and getting on my own financial journey was seeing those things on social media Mm -hmm. like and this sounds bad but i'm gonna be completely honest with y'all i would see people on social media taking trips to vegas taking trips to cabo like all these different places and in my head i'm saying this now i have a degree in engineering i am probably making twice your salary how are you affording this and i'm not affording this Mm -hmm. and so for me it was less about oh, well, let me go spend my money that I didn't have, you know, to go do this. But it was more like, okay, what do I need to do to get my money straight so I can do this too? Because something Mm -hmm. is wrong with this picture. Now, obviously, when you get older, you realize that people are probably using debt to do this. You know, they're paying for it on a credit card. They're probably in a worse position now um, because they did those things earlier in life. But that was for me, it was like, okay, well, y'all doing this. 
and it's not to say I'm better than anybody else, but you know, I'm like yeah. looking at the math, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. doing the math in my head. Like this is not adding up. How do we make this add up? Right. <laughs> um, so it was kind of different for me in the approach that, okay, I saw this on social media and it was more of a motivator for me to then say, okay, how do you fix your finances so that you can enjoy these things in life as well? So mine was a little bit different, but if you are in a situation where you feel like, oh, I have to spend knowing that you don't have the money to then live a life that you see other people doing, then that's when you need to stop following these people on social media. Because they're all lying. Trust me. I know these people. They are. (laughs) They are. I definitely, I think that's where mine came from is because some of the people that I was seeing, these were people who... Like, yeah, they're going on all these trips, they're buying all these things, but they live at home with their parents and they're not paying their parents rent. And, you know, it it was like this combination of like, oh, I want to go out and do this. And then finding that out and being mad and being like, wait a minute. Y'all lied to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I just... lied on social media. I just had a lot of feelings. So like... I don't know if anybody has followed my Instagram. You realize that my Instagram didn't start until like this past year. Because yeah. I was like, I refuse to be on here because I don't want to see what y'all are doing. Whether it's true, false, I don't want to know. I just got to get myself straight before before I can get on that. They don't share all the details on social media. They really don't. They don't. But, you know, it's it's been it's been a process. And I think... Ultimately, like in the beginning, you were saying if you can control one aspect, you can control the other aspects. I in think most cases. In most cases. Um, I think one thing that definitely lends to that um, is that I noticed as I started. So I started my budgeting plan for how I'm going to pay back Sally Mae um, quicker rather than mm-hmm. not so quick. And a lot of that also tied in with all the other aspects so um i love shoes guys i used to buy new shoes all the time and i started to realize particularly being in an engineering field i'll have nowhere to wear my heels except to to church girl i wear sneakers to work right i'm like (laughs) i'm buying all these shoes that i can't wear anywhere why am i buying these and the same thing, like I started trying to meal prep because it's like, okay, why are you, you're you're eating out every day, you're doing all of these things, and so it's helping me financially, but it's also helping me eat right. It's also yeah. helping me to you know not indulge in unnecessary things, and you know, like I don't go to the movies that often. Why I'm going? To, why I'm spending twenty dollars for a movie ticket when I can see that thing on Netflix for free? Right. So the interesting thing that you said was, uh, well, the, the reason that I kind of realized that was I saw, I saw other transformations in my life when I started, when I went natural. Mm. So that was like the catalyst for a lot of changes in my life. And I cut my hair off. So you know when they say a woman <laughs> cuts her hair off, like she's about to make changes. So for me, like learning how to take care of my natural hair then made me more conscious of what I was eating. And so I was eating healthier and I was meal prepping. Okay, well, then if I got my hair right and I got my health right, okay, then the next obvious step is let me get my finances together. So I think it all evolves. And then I'm looking at, because I remember when you you went natural (laughs) too, 
So it's like this it's it's this evolution that starts with one thing. And if you can get one thing together, like not to say you'll ever have it all together, mm-hmm. but you will start to see changes in other areas of your life. I definitely now that you mention it, I definitely It all ties in. <laughs> I can definitely see that. I think so mine actually started so I gave up pork our senior year. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it would have started. Cause I if you had asked me when I was a kid, I would have been like, I can't do that. I love bacon. What you talking about? <laughs> um, but like seeing that I could do it, I guess does change your your perception. And then seeing everybody else, you know, like I saw you go natural, and it's like, oh, okay. And then like braving the unknown, cause go going anybody who's listening that has gone natural, you don't know what's about to happen, and. <laughs> you know, you just be winging it. You be like, we're going to see what happens. And, you know. I'm like 10 years in and we're still figuring it out. <laughs> same. Same. I think one of my one of my things, my stylist always fusses at me. I have a lack of self-control. Actually, you know what? That's not a lack of self-control. It's a lack of patience when it comes to knots in my hair. And I will just cut them out. Oh, I did that. It's fine. They'll grow back. And she's like, why is there just like a hole in your head right here? well you know see what happened was <laughs> i just didn't have time for that <laughs> but um i definitely agree with that i think it is it does kind of spiral you see this change and then you see how that affects things and how things get better and then you've proven to yourself that you can control yourself so you know you can try something else but i i also with that caveat would probably say try one thing at a time yes I do think it would be overwhelming. Like um, the first time I tried to do like a vegan diet, I also tried giving up soda at the same time. And that was a fail because not having yeah. cheese and not having caffeine was that was too much at one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. Yes. Just do one thing at a time. Yes. Yes. Well, um, was there anything that you wanted to add or anything that you wanted to throw in? Yeah, sure. So when I think about self-control, um, I think you were talking about doing one thing at a time. Another way that people can look at it is um, think about human nature. So nature, human nature, everything loves the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the way water flows, it's going to flow through the path of least resistance. So if you want to be self-disciplined, you need to set your life up in such a way that it's easy Right. So make it a path of least resistance or like, you know, staples. I have an easy button in my office at work. So, um, for instance, if you're struggling with your diet, meal prep in advance, that makes it easy. Just grab a meal and go. Right. Mm -hmm. If you struggle with working out, pack your gym bag and put it in the car the day before. So it's a path of least resistance. You you don't have the excuse why I don't have my clothes Mm -hmm. or, you know, those types of things. If it's money. Uh, oh, I got plenty of tips on how you, know, how you can do that, whether it's automating your finances or setting up different accounts, carrying cash. Like there are so many ways that you can create this path of least resistance so that you have the easiest way to not one, have an excuse or not fall into the trap that will cause you to spiral, you know, out of control. So the path of least resistance, make yourself an easy button. Definitely, definitely. So, 
Guys, if you want more tips about finance, you should definitely check out either her blog or her podcast or both. Um, is there a YouTube channel? It exists, but there are no videos. <laughs> <laughs> blog, podcast, or uh, Instagram. Okay. Three major ways. Or Pinterest. Ah, okay. So now you guys know how to get in contact with Bo. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And of course, thank you to my listeners for tuning in. Don't forget to check out all of Faux's wonderful materials, the website, the podcast, Pinterest, the books. You should definitely buy them and check them out. If you want to get your finances right, you will not be disappointed and it will be a blessing. Thank you again for listening. Hope you'll tune in next week. Don't forget to subscribe. All links will be in the show notes, www.psalmstoguide.com slash self-control. See you guys next time. Just kidding. (laughs) One more note before I let you go. So as I was editing this episode, um, I ended up going back to the tools that I used to search the Bible for the word self-control. And I realized that when I did the original search, I was searching in the King James version of the Bible, and that's why I only got three results. But then when I did it this time, I was searching in the Christian Standard Bible or the CSB, which is what I usually read from on the podcast. And I got like 13. I will put them in the show notes. But um, just wanted to put that disclaimer out there and remind you that depending on what translation you're reading will depend on Um, what words are used and it's not the same across translations so yeah so there are a couple more instances where the word self-control is written out explicitly um, but I don't know if it's the same Greek word or not I'll let you guys know in the show notes okay bye for real this time